0: Welcome to On the Ground, a podcast from the American Bar Association Commission on Domestic and Sexual Violence. I'm your host, Anya Lesker, Managing Attorney for the Commission, where we work on technical assistance and policy issues around domestic and sexual violence and trafficking. Today we bring to you the first part of our Approaching the Bench season, where we bring the voices of judges from around the country to you. I feel incredibly lucky to start this season with Judge James Reel. Judge Reel has served as faculty for the ABA for over a decade as an incredible teacher and person. One of his greatest gifts is similar to how a strong lawyer can navigate the legal world for a lay client. Judge Reel has the ability to navigate the world of the bench, the judiciary, for lawyers. He bridges the wide divide through his candor and thoughtfulness. Another area where Judge Real really stands out is that he not only understands the dynamics of gender-based violence, but he also has a real sensitivity and understanding of marginalized and vulnerable parties, especially when it comes to language access and the use and incorporation of interpreters into courtroom practice. Judge Reel is also very active in the American Bar Association and believes that the legal profession has a great obligation to service. We have a lot that we can learn from Judge Reel. For this and many other reasons, we are excited to share a talk by Judge Reel with you, which begins to examine and share best practices for interactions and practice before the court. We spoke with Judge Reel in March of 2017.
1: Hi, I'm Judge James Reel, retired. Up until two years ago, I was a Washington State Trial Court judge for 32 years. Over those 32 years, I have presided over thousands of hearings and trials and observed thousands of lawyers both in criminal and civil calendars. I've also been active in the legal training and education of both attorneys and judges. Over the years, I've come to understand what I believe to be effective and not effective practice before the court and the impact it has on judges. Judges generally fall within three categories. Those judges that are excellent in what they do are professional, courteous, and treat all with dignity and respect. They understand the law and apply it fairly and impartially. A small number of judges fail to meet those standards, and unfortunately, there is little that can be done except for retirement or election defeat. A large number of judges fall in the middle. They want to do a good job but need your help by you being a competent and professional attorney using effective litigation skills. I believe judges have an obligation to educate attorneys on what are effective litigation skills in preparation for and appearing before the court. I hope the following comments will be of assistance in your practice. The overarching theme of litigation best practice is to, quote, know your court. That includes not only the judge or judges, but also the culture or practice of court regarding scheduling or use of exhibits. Do not hesitate to sit in on court sessions and observe. You will soon see how the judge conducts the trials and hearings, including the judge's demeanor. Another excellent opportunity of knowing your court is to ask experienced attorneys what their experience has been before a particular judge. I cannot stress enough the importance of preparation prior to appearing in court. I realize time is often short for the type of cases you may be involved in. However, you cannot prepare too much. You want to be prepared enough so if the judge grants you 15 minutes for an opening or closing, you will be ready. I recognize judges may only grant you two or three minutes. You should prepare to hone in on your most important points and condense your presentation accordingly. Before addressing specific suggestions regarding pre-trial and trial tactics, let me touch on some general considerations. Reputations are easy to make and hard to live down. First impressions usually are lasting impressions. And remember, judges speak with other judges and staff about lawyers' behavior. It is very difficult to undo an impression you may have given to the court. How are reputations formed in your profession? It first starts with civility. You have nothing to lose when you behave in a civil and respectful manner, and everything to gain. Recognize that knee-jerk reactions merely create opposing knee-jerk reactions. If nothing else, breathe and reflect before responding respectfully. Everyone in the justice system is entitled to respect, including staff, lawyers, parties, and witnesses. A self-represented litigant is entitled to same respect, civility, and professionalism as a lawyer. Credibility is paramount in establishing reputation. If a court questions your credibility, that impression continues in the mind of the judge and causes the judge to second-guess and seek corroboration before believing anything further you may say. However, once you establish and maintain your credibility, the judge will likely consider your presentation in a more favorable light. With civility and credibility comes respect from the court as a competent, fair-minded, and realistic attorney. You owe it to your clients, and you owe it to yourself and your profession. Let me next turn to pre-hearings and pre-trial preparation. First, you should concentrate on your client and prepare them on what to expect in court. If possible, take a visit to the courtroom with your client, either while a hearing is being conducted uh, or the courtroom is emptied. Let them know where everyone will be seated and how the case will proceed. Explain how you call them as witnesses, where they will be seated and how they will be sworn in. Let them know you will provide them with a pen and paper for them to write down any questions or comments they wish to convey to you. Explain that during the hearing you should not attempt to speak while testimony is being taken or when the judge is speaking. If you need a recess to speak to the client, do not hesitate to ask the judge for a short recess. Also, prepare them for the fact that they will likely hear testimony, as well as argument from opposing counsel that will be upsetting to them. Make sure they understand they need to maintain their composure and not act out in the courtroom. Explain to them that a judge will have an adverse reaction to their behavior if that happens. Also, let them know of the possibility that they may be called as a witness by opposing counsel. Make sure your client is prepared for cross-examination and for addressing exhibits. As for exhibits, prepare them to be able to describe distances in terms of objects in the courtroom and make sure you indicate for the record what your client is describing. Make sure you discuss with your client what facts may come out that are harmful to their case. There is nothing worse than to hear that evidence for the first time or have your client attempt to respond for the first time in court. Motions in limine can be a very effective tool in litigation. If you plan on filing them, do it as early as possible. The judge would like advance notice rather than waiting for the day of the hearing. There are times that may uh, not have the opportunity to do that. Just make sure the judge is made aware of the motions as soon as possible so they can make the appropriate schedule changes. I would also highly suggest to always provide bench copies for the judge, whether legal briefs or working copies of exhibits. I have found it extremely helpful when counsel provides proposed findings for the court to consider upon conclusion of the case. There is nothing more satisfying than for the court to utilize some or all of your proposed findings in a favorable ruling. Exhibits can be extremely persuasive to the court in your practice, if done correctly. I would encourage you to prepare your own exhibits and know exactly what information they are meant to convey. You do not want to find yourself at a loss to explain the significance or importance of your exhibit to the judge. And be prepared to answer questions by the judge as well. Make sure the exhibit is large enough for all to see, including the judge, parties, and opposing counsel. Remember the record. If your client begins to describe the exhibit, you may have to restate the testimony for the record. Most judges are not going to prevent that, so a clear record can be made. If you're asking your client to draw a diagram and thereby creating an exhibit on the spot, make absolutely sure that the client has been prepped in advance to do that. I have seen cases go horribly wrong when the lawyer has had the client begin to draw the diagram for the first time. In addition, have them completely draw the entire diagram before they begin to explain or any questions are asked. Once an exhibit is admitted, do not allow a witness or counsel to mark anything on the exhibit without the judge's permission. When appropriate, technology such as PowerPoint can be a valuable tool. Sometimes, however, a simple exhibit may have a more dramatic impact. Don't use high-tech just for the sake of high-tech. Always be considerate of the court staff. First of all, it is the right thing to do and bolsters your reputation for civility and credibility. Remember, judges may hear about your conduct outside the presence of the judge. If you have a good relationship with the staff, it will enhance your ability to represent your client. Lawyers have to appear before me in hearings and trials have been generally successful by establishing a theme for their case, a clear and concise theme that the testimony and evidence support throughout the entire trial. Multiple themes, contrary themes, or inconsistent themes tend to only confuse the court and reduce the impact of your case. Let me address the issue of demeanor in court. Once again, knowing your particular judge or the, quote, culture of the court is extremely important. Judges throughout the country run their court in very different ways. There are rules for when you are to stand or sit, where you can stand to question witnesses, how to offer exhibits, and the amount of time, if any, you are given to make opening or closing remarks in hearings. Regardless of the culture, always appear confident. Speak up and make clear and concise statements to the judge. Never demean or use sarcasm or try to be, quote, cute in your remarks. Never thank the judge for their ruling, whether it was in your favor or not. Never roll your eyes or sigh or make any indication of displeasure. I once heard a lawyer respond to the judge's ruling by declaring, quote, I certainly understand the court's argument, but I disagree. Needless to say, that remark made a lasting impression on the judge. There are going to be times when the judge makes a ruling that you will disagree with and is damaging to your case. If you believe the ruling is truly an error of law and has a substantial impact on your case, do not hesitate to make an offer of proof. It is extremely important for purposes of appeal. In addition, the words, quote, for the record, Your Honor, I would like to make an offer of proof will make most judges sit up and take notice. It may very well cause the judge to reconsider your request. I've had the honor to have worked with many outstanding attorneys over the last 32 years, and I have the utmost respect for their work. Their work in the legal profession and their practice in the courtroom is the basis for my observations that I have presented. I hope this presentation will assist you in the very important work you do. Thank you.
0: I want to thank Judge Real for sharing his wisdom with us. We have the utmost respect for him and for his service. We look forward to bringing the voices of other judges to you in future episodes. Till then. And now, because we're all lawyers, here's your friendly liability reminder. Nothing in this podcast should be considered legal advice or legal representation. This podcast is national in scope and talks about national trends and best practices. You should always consult your local law. As a reminder, it is our job at the Commission to provide you with support in your civil representation of survivors. Please visit our website at ambar.org CDSV for information about our trainings and to contact us for help or support. Again, that's o r g slash C D S V. This project was supported by grant number 2014 TAAXK027, awarded by the Office on Violence Against Women, U.S. Department of Justice. The opinions, findings, conclusions, and recommendations expressed in this publication, program, exhibition are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the views of the U.S. Department of Justice Office on Violence Against Women. Until next time, clear law, full hearts, can't lose.